Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this first class that we have, this free class called How to Stop Repeat Bad Behavior. In my mom life mentorship I was doing, I had a couple of moms talk about some various things. And um, what came up uh, quite a few times, a lot actually, and a lot in different conversations I was having is like, my child just keeps doing this and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it. And I try to tell them to stop. And I try to do this and I try to do this and I try to do this. And then it's like on and on and on. So what we're going to talk about, let's dig in. I'm going to try to give as much meat as I can and be as quick as I can. Y'all know I talk a lot, but I'm going to try to, okay. So let's dig in first. Let's just hit it. Okay. So when kids try to, when kids keep repeating themselves, they're trying to communicate something. Okay. Most of the time we just don't know what it is. That's why we keep going around and around and around and around. Okay. And it's probably not something logical. It's probably something that, that is in the kid brain as kids, kids work a certain way, right? They keep doing this over and over and over again to communicate something to us. So our job in this case is not to just punish, 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 punish. It's to figure out what they're trying to communicate. It's just to put on our hat and go through five layers. It's kind of like if you get a rash and you keep trying to treat the rash, but the reason you got a rash is because you're eating some kind of food. Really, you just need to stop eating that food and you'll stop getting a rash. You could just keep treating the rash, but it's just, it's, it's like a, you know, treating the symptom. So we're gonna, then we're going to talk about the cycle of pain. <laughs> I've made this up. It's very professional sounding. Boundaries, which is our walls versus our doors, which is a language of listening concept. Success training, which is another language of listening concept. And that's actually how we're going to set our kids up for success. Okay. And then we're going to talk about why what the kids are doing is actually working for them. It just ain't working for you. And we want to change it. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about this in this, but next month, yes, so this will be coming out the last week of August. So next month, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna bring y'all through. Anybody who signs up, the my number one best um, thing to br- break crazy behaviors, or when kids are doing repetitive things, or they're stuck on things, or they're trying to communicate things we don't get, or you feel like something's going on with this kid. I don't know what it is. I have just the, just the thing that I'll tell you about later. So when kids communicate. They communicate till they're heard. They'll just do it over and over and over and over again. And they will escalate. What they're trying to tell us will escalate. The um, way in which they try to tell us can, might get more and more extreme. It's like kids will, and you know, like the old kind of stereotypical example of a teenager who's like having a hard time and then a few months go by and they're dressing in all black and they're, you know, got black smudges under their, this is just like, a, it's stereotypical. I know maybe some people choose to do that when nothing was happening, although I'm not, actually, I take that back, I don't know if I think that, I might think, I might not think that, I might think anybody who ends up in that spot really is trying to communicate something, but I don't know, what do I know, anyhow, it's that type of idea, right, they're just going to progressively, progressively get more and more, okay, and that goes into the cycle of pain, which we'll get to, but what kids are trying to communicate, it's usually not what we think, like, in, what, what we typically think if we're trying to have our kids stop hitting the other kid, for example, we're, we're like, well, they just want to hit them. They like it or something. Well, no, they don't like it now. So they, they hit them and they probably feel embarrassed and they probably feel ashamed and they know it wasn't right. So it's, or we think, 
they're just, they don't care about the other child. They just want the toy so bad they don't even care about their other sibling. Well, that's not true either. They do care about them. Something else is going on. You know, there's something else could be sibling two came along and now nothing, now nothing is mine. Or it could be mom's always making me share everything. I never get to play with anything. So I'm ticked off. I just want to play with my own thing. Or it could mean, um, I was in the middle of a game. I'm always in the middle of a game and then I got to stop or who knows who knows? the sky's the limit of what kids are thinking is where I'm getting. So this is part of why this is the wild, wild west with every unique repetitive situation is because, you know, while kids all work the same way, there's any number of things they could be thinking that could be driving this behavior. And there is typically a different, a, a deeper reason. It, it is something more deep than just, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care what mom says. I don't care what my sibling says. It's, it's something deeper and it's something deeper that's saying something about them. So that it is that deeper reason that we need to get to. And so in this case, part of how we get there is we're going to do say what you see. And that's part of the language of listening, um, kind of three-step framework. And that is simply exactly saying what you see happening. So if it's the example of you have a child that's always hitting their sibling, you can say, you know, something very basic like you hit your, you hit your sister. And then they might not say anything or they might say, yeah, yeah, I hit her. Well, she took my toy. She took your toy and that made you mad. Yes, it made me mad. You don't like it when people, me, you don't like it when people take your toy. And your child might say, yes, she's always taking my toy. So now we're getting to a deeper reason. Okay. Okay. Saying what you see is just, you're not, you don't have to agree with them. You don't have to try to teach them anything in this. It's literally just trying to say out what you believe is happening in the situation. So then you might say something like, you, you think she always takes your toys and kids do this. They'll be like, I know she always takes my toys. So this is when you've hit on something because you'll be like, moms want to be like, you think, you feel. And they'll be like, no, it is the truth. This is a sign you need to keep going. Okay, your sister is always taking your toys and it makes you mad. Yes, I shouldn't have to share these toys or whatever, whatever it is, okay? You just keep on with the say what you see and do not get in the trap of lecturing them. Doesn't make, it doesn't work. That's going to, uh, that's going to touch into our third part of this free, um, workshop series, which is the, when you feel like you're always at odds with your kids. Okay. So I need, I need to keep going. I don't want to drag us on too long here, but this is how you just keep saying what you see. Or if the repetitive behavior is, um, let me try to think of another repetitive behavior we don't like talking back to us or something, you know, like, okay, come sit at the table. I don't want to come to the table. So in this case, we, we would, especially after things have gone on a while, we'll be like, I don't care what you want. Come sit down and eat, you know? And this is just part of normal life. Like this is what happens. You just get fed up and you're like, I don't care. Just get over here. But if things are escalating on and on and it, and it, and occasionally it doesn't matter what you do, right? Things are just, I mean, but when things escalate and go on and on and on and on, then it's like, Something's got to give. So if that's, okay, you don't want to come eat. You don't want to eat dinner with us. It's not that. Okay, so you do want to eat dinner with us, but something else is going on. Yeah, you know, you just keep pressing it. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't like what you, I don't like what you cooked. Ah, so you do want to be with us. You just, you want to be able to eat something that you like. No, I'm not saying, okay, I'll start making your favorite dinner every night. No, no, you just say what you see. You would want to come to the table if you liked the food. Yeah, I would want to if it was something that I liked. Okay, so you just don't even want to eat if you don't like it. That's right. Okay. And so in some cases, now I don't know what you do in your family, but for me, for example, I never make my kids eat dinner at all, but that they have two choices, take it or leave it. There's no dessert. There's no other thing. There's dinner. They don't have to eat it. 
I ain't gonna keep like track of a spreadsheet of who ate dinner and I'm gonna bring it back out of break. No, not enough. Do these micromanagement things. So in in if this was the case in my family, I'd be like, okay, you don't have to eat, but you can come sit with us. Because kids are not gonna starve, because kids are humans with an inbuilt need to survive, which means unless they get very, very sick, of course, in some cases when you're super duper sick, you might not eat. But your kids ain't sick if they just don't want to eat a meal you didn't cook. That's okay. That's probably not a good example, but I hope it gets your wheels spinning. So this will move us into the cycle of pain, where we arrive at whenever our kids have repetitive bad behaviors and we're over it and we're past the point and we're like, just do what I said. And they're like, no, we get into a cycle of pain. So this is when they have difficult behavior and it makes us frustrated, which is normal and you're not wrong to be frustrated. In fact, it, it would be crazy if you weren't frustrated by difficult or annoying behavior. So you shouldn't beat yourself up about that because it's that's just how life works. So then you get frustrated a lot if they keep repeating this behavior and then it feels like we're against each other, right? You are against them. Now remember, that's the third class I'm going to do. Okay. So then when you feel like you're against each other, you feel at odds with each other. So when you feel at odds, it's almost like all these situations take on this me against you. Who's going to relent first? Ain't going to be me or, you know, whatever, this type of feeling. That can lead to more difficult behavior. So what we're, we're going to do, and these are, I have a whole, the whole other class is going to go into it more, but this is basically how in the moment to break out of this cycle when they're doing a difficult behavior because typically with these repetitive behaviors it takes a little bit like say you start doing the say what you see it's going to take a little bit of time to reverse it some might not but it typically will it'll typically you know once you start doing this it'll kind of hit its peak and then come back down but once your kid say your kid's doing something that is repetitively annoying it might be every morning you're trying to take them to school and they're like refusing to get dressed or whatever. And you're over it because you're like, we got to go. And you know it's going to happen. You know you're not going to let them stay home. So now you're rare up for a fight, right? So how you do this in this situation first, and, and maybe in a time when it's not the morning, is you need to stay calm. And I want you to say what you see for yourself, okay? In that sense, like, of course that I'm annoyed. I just, I do everything to get the morning ready and I try to make it as peaceful as possible and I'm trying to be as sweet as possible. Like I'm really trying to be sweet here, kids. And we get in a fight. It's annoying. I don't want to be in a fight. I want us to have a happy, sweet morning. I want us to like talk about lovely things of the day. I want us to like have nice cuddles and brush our hair over cereal. And then it just ends in a fight. Like let these feelings come out with what you want because they're true and they're right. That's what I would do for yourself. Okay. Because this, the reason this is important is because when we get in this cycle of pain, when we get in this situation where we're feeling like we're facing off with our kids all the time, we are amped up and we are escalated and we bring an intense energy to the situation, which is, you know, makes sense. But when we can calm down, then it, it helps, it helps make it less heavy. And when it's not as heavy, it's just easier for us to think straight and it's easier for it not to escalate because what can happen is you can tell a child to do something and then they say no and then you get really mad and then they get really you know upset and then it's almost it's worse so it doesn't mean that if you stay calm they'll just not fight you but it'll just be less so you want to try to be able to in times when it's not happening relax get in a sense of yourself it's okay of course i'm frustrated I'm going to be calm. I know in the end they're going to get in the car. It's going to be okay. And then that'll help you not, you not escalate because if you escalate, they escalate. We're just in an escalating situation. So 
part of where this factors in is in the case of boundaries. Of course, when there's a bad behavior, we have boundaries. That makes sense. Um, but sometimes we got to dig deeper because sometimes when we dig deeper, we just go past needing a rule, right? We're going to dig deeper. That's always what we're going to do first. In these situations, we're always going to try to tease out and say what we see is happening. But I want to talk about the concept of walls versus doors. And I went into this much deeper in my mom life membership, but I just want to touch on this because Oh, if you're in a room, this is the concept. If you're in a room and I'm in the bedroom and I know I need to go to the kitchen there, I can either go through the door, which is open for me, or I can try to like knock a wall down with my body to get through, right? Am I going to try to knock a wall down with my body to get into the kitchen? No. Why? Because it's going to hurt and it ain't going to happen. I might as well just take a door. Okay. This is how rules are or boundaries are inside ourselves. So, if, for example, a boundary inside myself is my house is going to be more or less clean, it's going to just be more or less clean. That's just, that's a boundary. It more or less needs to be tidy, okay? The wall, and now, how you know if it's a wall or a door? If it, For me, it's a wall because I know it's going to happen. And whenever I say, oh, kids, tight, kids, get up and tidy, they all do it. The proof is that the kids do it, okay? If I was like, okay, I kind of want the house tidy. Oh, kids, y'all kind of, you know, it's a little bit messy. And then I don't really, I don't really do anything about it. And then occasionally I'll be like, you guys should help me clean. Or then I might be like, all right, let's clean. And the kids are like, no, uh-uh. Then this is proof it's not really a wall because they're just like, no, I'm not going to do that, right? So, I don't know if this is explaining it clearly. The proof of whether or not what you want to happen is a wall or a door is whether your kids do it or not. This is the proof. So, if you're like, I just hate screaming inside, but your kids are always screaming inside, it's not really a wall for you. And that means it's not something that's just done. We've just covered it. We've done, we put the framing, we put the insulation, we put up the sheetrock. Ain't nobody going through there. Not happening. If no screaming in the house was a wall for you, the minute the kids started screaming, you'd be like, stop it, go outside, tone it down, separate. You would do anything. Like, it's a wall for you if you know you'd do anything because that's not happening and you will do any of those things. That's how you know it's a wall. So often where, and moms can get annoyed when I do this, which with, and I got annoyed when my mentor did this to me and I still get annoyed when I get to this place. That's just how it works. Is whenever the thing you want to happen isn't happening, the kids don't really do it or they don't really care. It's usually because what you want to happen, you're not clear on, and it's not a wall for you. So, okay, let's just get to this. So boundaries, so that's how we know, and do not be discouraged. Do If you're discouraged right now, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. Do not be discouraged. This is actually encouraging. What I mean to tell you is if it's not a wall, good news, you can dig in and make it a wall, and that means that the kids get on board. When, they, when kids know moms mean business about something, it's like the resistance evaporates because they just know it's going to happen. It's just going to happen, right? So it's like we're going to we're going to go to say we're going to go go to school. They know you're just going to do it, right? If every other day they're fighting you keep them at home, this is a door. They know if they put up in a big enough fight, they ain't got to go. But if they know no matter what happens they're going, they just they might resist a little or they might be like, "I'm t I don't know my back." But they just know they're going to go so they just get on with it. This is where you can be. Do not get discouraged. Okay. So boundaries are our job to keep, not our kids. Boundaries are always your own job. 
So for me, the boundary is the house is always tidy. So this means that I mobilize the kids in whatever way I decide and myself, I mobilize to make it happen. That I make it happen. I keep it. So what often happens is moms will be like, I wanted the house tidy, but my kid, the kids don't clean their room. Well, okay, so this is when you swap it and you say, well, it's my job to make sure the house is tidy. He didn't clean his room, so what are some options? I tell him to clean it. I take something away if he won't clean it. I have him clean it before something good is coming up. I remove a bunch of stuff that's making it dirty so that you see what I mean? I could come up with 50 ways for that child to keep their room clean because it's going to happen because it's a wall for me. So whenever what you want gets to the place of a wall, you don't need ideas of what to do. You have numerous ideas of what to do. A wall means you know it'll happen, full stop. You believe you can make it happen. This is key because I work with some moms sometimes and I hear from them and talking even just real life. It's when moms are like, but I can't make them do it. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't make your child do it? They're like little. Like they're, you can literally pick them up with one arm. What do you mean you can't make them do it? They are don't have walls in this area or whatever area. Some moms don't have a lot of walls at all for a variety of reasons. And again, don't feel bad. This is a joy because once you get some walls and they work, they are, I'm telling you, confidence always compounds itself. I mean, once you have a little bit of confidence and you do it and you see that it works, you're just rolling with it. So if you feel like, I, mean, I want my kids to do something, but I, I know they won't, that means that you need to dig into that, okay? Allow your wants to become walls. So if you're like, I want my kids to tidy up, they never do, and it's a battle. Allow, sit with that. I skipped down here to where it talked about how, but journal out what you want. Why do you want it? Make yourself right. Of course you want it. You don't want to live in a pigsty. These kids be making messes and cleaning them up. And they think that like a fairy shows up. Ding, ding, ding. No fairy, right? So allow yourself to want it. Dig in. Yeah. And then just get dig into it enough. And then I, I like to do this. I like to figure out why. Okay, so, this, so let's use this example. I want the house to be tidy. I need to journal out what my own boundaries are. I want the house to be tidy, not all the time and not perfect, but like, you know, on Friday nights or once a week, I just want the house to be tidy. That's it. Is that so much to ask? No, it is not my friend. No. So journal this out, make yourself right. And then think about why do I feel resistance? Because we all, we do when we're getting in this place, it's like, we're like, that's what I want to happen. And then we're like, Oh, I just like, I don't know. <laughs> we're feeling resistance. Why am I resisting? Because I know it's going to be a battle. Because I know the kids aren't going to like it. Because I know I'm going to go feel flooded. Because I'm probably going to yell. And then I might threaten. And then that's it. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. Write all these things out. Write them out. Oh, well. Yeah, you might yell. Okay. Like, make these things light. We don't need to be so heavy about everything. Like, of course you're going to yell if the kids are making a huge mess in the house. Disgusting and they won't help. This is normal. Right? So the key isn't to make yourself feel bad for yelling. The key is to, like, get these kids helping. Hello. So write all of this out until you feel light and airy about it. When you get to that light and airy place that's like, yeah, they going to clean up once a week. That's just it. That's just what's happening. Then... You go to can-do's, which is what I hear. This is a language of listening term. But it's basically, okay, what can we do to make that happen? That is when you'll find lots of solutions. So this is this how this fits into the repetitive bad behaviors. You've got repetitive behaviors you don't like. You're going to say what you see to them so they help the kid feel understood. You're going to recognize what your walls and your doors are and probably in some repetitive behaviors. Either you're close to a wall and that's what's making you so mad it's not happening or you don't know what it is. So you're going to dig through all the things that you want so that you can come into all of these repetitive situations clear and easy and light and just like, nope, that's not happening and finding a solution. 
So success training. Success training is basically when you set your child up for success and you don't keep allowing them space and freedom to do things that they're going to use badly, right? So this is like you would set up somebody for success at your job by not giving them a new hire, a young new hire, by not giving them access to like the petty cash drawer they could just steal from. Like we're going to set the position up for success so nobody can steal, so all the money is tracked. Like we're going to make it to where they're more likely to be successful. That was a random example. It's not even in parenting. I don't even, whatever. Okay. So the example we're going to use in this case, child makes a huge fuss at bedtime. They're just like, it's just this huge thing at bedtime. Okay. What will it take to help my child be successful in this area? Did I put waking up earlier? I don't know why I put waking up earlier. Okay. So what will it take to help my child be successful in this area of of making a huge fuss at bedtime. Oh, I think I meant starting it earlier. Okay, so that would be instead of like, okay, I want them to be in bed at 7:30, 7:15 we go in. They're not, they're not. We, we this, this, this train don't even get his designation until nine o'clock. So you're gonna move it back. You're actually we're gonna start the wind down process earlier, maybe. That way, by the time we get closer to the end, they're not super overtired. That's one idea. In success training, we're going to think, what barriers are there to my child's success? What is What could be something that's making it difficult for my child to calm down and go to bed? Screen time might be an example. Oh, actually, 30 minutes of screen time right before bed. That wasn't helping. Okay, we're going to remove that. Or loud, crazy, wild horseplay with their siblings for 30 minutes before bed, which is literally what every child loves to do everywhere. Okay. That's not helping them calm down. Maybe I'll do reading instead. So it's asking these questions. And if it's a different scenario, it'll be different things. But what we can often find is the environment is not set up for success for the thing that we want. What does he or she need in place to do or not do expected certain behaviors? So for example, if we don't want them running around screaming at the top of their lungs for 30 minutes, we're getting a second wind right before bed. What is something that needs to happen to prevent that? Well, actually I could send them, send the kids to their rooms earlier. I could send them individually. I could separate them out. One parent could be with this one. You see what I mean? There's lots of ideas when you, if you ask yourself these questions. So admit if your child's repetitively doing something that's not okay with you, admit that you're expecting them to do things they don't have the self-control for. This is key thing. Okay. My child does not have the self-control. They do not have the skills yet to be able to do this thing I need them to do. So I need to go back. I need, I, I put account for that. I need to zoom back and I need to say, they're not, they're not controlled enough to do this. I did this with my son, for example, who had ADHD and he was always, it was very, he, everybody else clockwork in the morning, getting ready. It, it took him much longer. I realized I was just like, okay, get ready. Do, do this, 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 and this, and then come into the kitchen. And it was too much. And then he wouldn't do it. And then we were having battles. So it was like, I zoomed back. I went back down to the level of self-control that he had. This was a year or two ago, I guess. And then I would just go in his room with him. Okay. What do we do next? What do we do next? Did I want to do this? No. Did I have time for this? I felt like I didn't, but I did because I actually, it actually saved us 10 minutes of, of war basically. And so when I admitted he doesn't have the self-control or the self-regulation skills to be able to do these things. And I went in, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't being like, Woo-hoo! it was just, okay, what are we doing next? What are we doing? And he felt supported. He, his mood elevated. He felt like he had some help. 
it cut down severely on these battles and then now at this point he can do all of those things and in fact he's one of the only kids that usually remembers to make his bed without reminding the other one needs reminding well not all of them i mean I have five so but he's one of the two or three that really does remember so i use that as an example to say if your child's repetitively doing something you need to go back and whatever's happening that might lead them to that behavior we need to set them up for success right okay Okay, so what they're doing works. Oh, I was trying to keep this under 25 minutes. I'm going, people. Okay, if you want your child to stop a behavior, then you also need it to stop working. It needs to stop working for them. Okay, so that means, well, you need to figure out what that means based on the situation. It's working. If they whine and whine, kids who whine a lot have parents who, parents who can't handle whining have kids who whine a lot because it works. Because if a child whines, we're going to do whatever it takes to shut them up, right? So this is just generally how it goes. So you need to think about what that behavior is. And if you don't want, if you want it to stop, part of the strategy, again, all these other things are part of the strategy, but another part of the strategy is it actually needs to stop working for them. So if your child is attempting to meet, okay, your child is attempting to meet their own needs, but you don't like how they're doing it. This is class number two. This is the next class. Stay tuned for this. Okay, this is huge. So essentially, by doing all these behaviors, they're attempting to meet some of their own needs. The key is you don't like how they're doing it, and you want them to meet their needs in a different way. I'm going to tell you how next time. And we want to focus on S-W-Y-S is say what you see. That's like, okay, you're doing this. You're, you're hitting your brother. No, okay, you would separate them at this point, but you hit your brother. You thought that would help or whatever. Remember, you're just saying what happened. You got so mad, you hit. Yes, you know, and maybe they'll say something like, yeah, when I get mad, I can't help it. I just lose it or whatever. You want to, you know, encourage your child. And I'll get more into the, the strengths, what that means, and the can-dos. But the can-do, again, was what can we do? Um, so this is the three-part language of listening. Actually, I don't know if I said it quite like that. You're going to give a strength. You're going to say what you see. This happened. Um, and then you're going to give him a strength. You know, I see you feel really strongly about. So for example, if he, he's hitting his sister. Okay. You hit your sister. You wanted to keep that toy. Yes, I wanted to keep the toy. I didn't want to share. Yes, okay. So a strength might be something like you felt so strongly. Oh, no, that's not a good strength because you're not going to reinforce that violent behavior. But a strength might be you pull something else out in their behavior. Like you, you, okay, so say she took a toy he was playing with. It was like you're so good at, you love building. You're very creative. You're in the zone for building, and it just made you really mad, okay? You're not saying it's okay to hit. Of course it's not okay to hit. But you're drawing out, oh, well, actually, that strength, they were really in the middle of something good, and they were in the zone, and then they got set off. The can-do would be, well, there must be something we can do to make sure your sister doesn't take your toys without hitting her, because, you know, hitting's not going to be okay. Like, that that's just how it, it, it boils down in its simplicity, okay? So the next one's, yes, how your kids meet their own needs and why that matters. That's the next class. And then the last one is how to stop feeling at odds with your child. Okay, we're going to get to those. And then we're going to talk next month about my secret weapon, the tool I've used for years to break behavior patterns, stop power battles, and calm things down in 30 minutes, once a week, per child. But you don't do every child at one time. I'm going to get more into it. I really hope this helped. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, A Mother Far From Home, and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five-star review, and it'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.